All righty. Mr. Saunders. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. So you've been on vacation again. You Is this our first month. podcast since, since the summer? Has it been the summer or the fall? I didn't we do? Uh, didn't we do one on the one Federalist one. Papers? Yeah, we did one right before you left. You're kidding, didn't we? I thought we did the Federalist Papers after I came back. No, no, no. nothing since you've been back. Okay, yeah. so all right. welcome yep. back. All so right, you bet. Let's Thanks. start over again. Thank welcome you. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in there. <laughs> so today's topic: the Anti-Federalist Papers, and I under you know we all heard about the Federalist Papers. But there's the Anti-Federalist Papers, written under a synonym, Brutus? Well, there's quite a few people that wrote them. You know, Brutus, of course, was one of them. Uh, and Brutus is interesting because Brutus is the one that was anti-Caesar, right? Who killed Caesar. Right. Because Caesar was destroying the Republic of Rome. Uh, so that's why it was written under that. Right. So the Anti-Federalists said, hold it. You, we've got to uh, keep this uh, nation more free and more the powers more separated than than what they they perceived the federalist wanted right they perceived the federalist wanted a strong central government and they read the constitution and they said there's problems with the constitution the anti-federalist and because of them we get the bill of rights yes Is that true yes yes so how did we get the bill of rights because of the anti-federalists well, I think they were they were so they were powerful enough in states like um, I think New York, uh, maybe Rhode Island, Vermont, some of those states. These were not slave states, which is interesting because mm-hmm. I, I always think anti-federalists were these pro-slavery people, but but they really weren't. The majority of them were anti-slavery people from the north, and so they had enough power to say, no, we're not our, we, we're not going to join this union without a Bill of Rights. And Hamilton said, and I always believed that what Hamilton said until, until studying for this podcast, because Hamilton said, you don't need the Bill of Rights because there's nothing in the Constitution that takes these rights away from states. Right? right. The, only, the only thing the Constitution could do is what it expressly said. And if it didn't expressly say it, then it can't do it. Right was there was Hamilton's idea. Right. right, yeah. So Hamilton said, "Don't worry about it. You can have the right to bear arms. You have the right to it free." Doesn't say you can't. It doesn't say you can't. We can't take. And I always believed I was a Hamiltonian, pretty much, until I read about these anti-federalists, and they said, "Yeah, you know what? Technically, what you say is true, but not in reality. That's not what's going to happen." Right. And I think they were right, the anti-federalists. And they said, we're going to put this in writing, or we're not going to join this union. Because the wrong person, or the right person, however you view it, could come along and say, there, it isn't expressly written, so I can take that right away from you. Right. Well, there's loopholes. Maybe Austin could tell us some of well, the loopholes. Well, I think one that's, that goes right to that point is, in, is the, when it comes to the judiciary. And it's interesting when you... Because there's no, um, I'm blanking, but what's the, what did the, the Supreme Court gave themselves? Oh, judicial review. Marbury. Come, Marbury versus Madison. But when it comes to judicial review, judicial review is not expressed in the Constitution. They gave themselves that power. So then a, a court case come, came along, but that's, that then the courts decided, and they gave themselves that power. But in the Federalist Papers, Madison writes about, how, or it might have been Hamilton, writes how, um, 
there will be power of judicial review because what is how are you going to have a Supreme Court that can't check the laws? Right. They're constitutional. Uh, But they didn't put that power in there because the Anti-Federalists didn't want it. But Madison kind of writes in there how don't worry about it. In the Federalist Papers, he writes like basically says, don't worry. Uh, uh, The judiciary is this is the weakest branch. So it won't really matter. Right. But then what ended up happening? Right. The Supreme Court gave themselves the power of judicial review right, right away. It was the, the anti-Federalists were on the money. And expanded their power right, right away. Right. And Just like the anti-Federalists predicted. Right. They were more skeptical of human nature than even the Federalists. Right? <laughs> Remember, Madison's or Hamilton said the masses are asses. And they also said if men were angels, we wouldn't need Laws. Government or no laws government. or, you know, no government would be so they're skeptical of human nature, but the anti-federalists are even more skeptical. And they said, you said, listen, this constitution has loophole after loophole in it. Right. And you read it and you go, I'll be darned. You know, like the, the supremacy clause, which is the end of the constitution, the very end of it. And it's like article six. And it says, um, that uh, what does it say? The supremacy clause that th- this this will take supremacy and uh, to supremacy of all laws in the nation, basically. So the supremacy clause kind of gives the federal government, the national government, the right to overrule anything they want. They take the rights of the states away. Yes, just because you got to look at loopholes, right? And uh, and and that's what these people, the anti-feds, were looking at, you know, and like the implied powers clause, which is in the, the which is talking about the powers of Congress, right? Which is Article One, mm-hmm. right? And the implied powers give Congress a whole lot of power, yeah. you know. And, well, right? and then the necessary and proper clause, right? We can do anything necessary and proper. To, to carry out these laws. What the hell does that mean? We can that listen could, to your conversations all we want. Right, of, course it, of course it means that. Well, and that's how the, the, the second Supreme Court case was the McCulloch versus Maryland, which is how we got the first national bank, which isn't in the Constitution. Right. But, but it was determined to be necessary and proper. Right. To, uh, right. It, what, what was, I forgot what the how they defined what was supposed to be necessary and proper. Sure. But that's how they, that's matter. how they argued that they sure, should have the a national federal bank. reserve system is necessary right. and proper. Right. It really, when you have loopholes like that, you know, anything's possible, right? It's like a, a, a father laying down the rules of the house and he goes, okay, you have to be in by midnight and uh, you're going to get an allowance of this much a week, you know, unless I deem that something else should happen. <laughs> you go, well, hold it. What is this unless I deem that the rules need to change? And that's what's in the Constitution are several loopholes like that. Mm-hmm. And that, how do you think executive orders come about? Franklin Roosevelt had 3,000 executive orders. One of them was to put Japanese people that are American citizens in concentration camps. Did he use that under necessary and proper? I mean, how did no, he? Well, that was Article uh, 1, which would be the president has the power to, what was that called? That Not implied powers, but there's, a, there, you know, there's. A, uh, I mean, be an, an executive powers, executive powers, yeah. anything that he needs to carry out the uh, power to carry out the laws. Right. He can right. do it. What's needed to carry out the laws. And, and FDR said, what's needed is to put the, the American citizens in concentration camps. Right. Or to pass the, uh, it could be a health care. I mean, and so the, the anti-fed said, Hey, the president can do whatever he wants to do too. Mm-hmm. And now we, yeah. now with all these executive orders, 
we realized that those guys were right. 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 Yeah, didn't they? I mean, it's basically a elected monarch in a sense could be. Yeah. Right. Right. You right. Could have more powers than a king even has. But right. He's elected. He's elected, but he's got loopholes. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, and I'll, I'll touch on something here, but, and I, I shouldn't do this now, but the, 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 the more we become questionable people, the more those loopholes become problematic. Right. Does that make sense? The yeah. more our leaders are not wise and careful and the, the more arrogant they are, the more executive orders they're going to do, the more uh, uh, powers Congress is going to take upon themselves. Yeah, because, you know, the, 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 the proponents of the Constitution could have been skeptical of human nature. But they are writing this with a different, probably a different mindset than maybe they could conceive about, you know, the, the ability for corruption or like, you know, okay, we'll say it's necessary and proper, but in our view, no one's going to take that and, and say, create something crazy. Right. Right. At least not today. Well, well, back back then, then. back then. Right, right, right. right. Because they can't understand the modern American mind or whatever, right? Like a modern leader or whatever they would want to do the potential that that would create. Cause in their mind, if you have a, a just people or a, a, a religious people, common thinking people. Yeah. They're not going to do anything that would be out of bounds or whatever in their mind. All right. Maybe that's why. Yeah. You know, but I think the they, had more, they had more faith in the American people yeah, being uh, careful and religious and church going mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Things and the country was more church going common in their era. Right. And yeah. everybody accepts things as right and wrong. Right. And you could call that the enlightenment thinking. But like we had a podcast earlier, the America was kind of untouched by the enlightenment because we still believed in uh, Christianity. So, so our, our right and wrong was basically stemmed out of that, out of our, our religious beliefs right. or Christian and Christian and, and Europe was struggling with the enlightenment. They're saying, well, we don't need the Bible to know, you know, these, these truths of moral truths of right, wrong, murder's bad, you know, homosexuality is bad. But the people that are the, the, the anti-federalists said, no, that will all go away. People, you know what I mean? That they were more skeptical that we were going to be good people. Right. And they wanted to tie the hands of the federal, the national government more. The Anti-Federalist Papers, are they, was that a published just like the Federalist Papers? Well, there's are? many, many different papers. Guys wrote different essays. All under the Anti-Federalist? No. They were yeah. just putting in the newspapers. It wasn't as organized as the Federalist Papers. So when you say Anti-Federalist Papers, it was just a loose... Yeah, there's no, there was no booklet yeah, of all like, these papers. It was, it was only like 100 years ago, maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that, that they... Put together, collected them. they collected all of these papers that were anti-constitution. That's really what they were. Anti, all these papers in the in or articles in the newspaper that were anti-constitution, anti-ratification they, of this constitution yeah. without major changes. They collected them and put together and made them right. anti-federalist. But that was way after the cut. That might have mm-hmm. even been in the twentieth century. Might have been where they put those papers together. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but the, the, as it was, it was just individual essays, articles, newspaper articles, things like that. Were these people who attended the Constitutional Convention? Oh, yeah. Uh, writers. Were, the writers? Yeah, they were delegates to the, 
Well, and that's probably what prompted um, a lot of them to write this because they went there. The original purpose of the Constitutional Convention was to amend the Articles of Confederation, oh. which was the governing document at the time. And they and there was a recognized issues with the articles. And so they called this convention. Most people going there thinking that it was going to be just to yeah, to revise it, the articles revise of confederation revisions. And then it turned into, they threw it all out. Right. And Madison plops down this constitution, sure. which they planned that right where Madison and Hamilton called this convention as they were drafting up the new constitution. Right. <laughs> so, and so the anti-federalists say, first of all, that's an illegal convention. Nobody voted for this to happen, and they're right. They were right. You can't just change our government like this without letting us know that we have to appoint representatives to come here to to do this. So this right? was sort of manipulated by a couple guys. Yes. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. And and you know, and, and God bless the Constitution. And it's something that, that that if you're a Republican or a conservative right now, you're clinging to it. Right, you're clinging to the Constitution by right now. By your fingernails. By your fingernails. You're hoping, gosh, I hope they don't pack the Supreme Court with 16 justices or whatever the plan is because we need, we don't want a bunch of new laws quickly, right, if you're a conservative. But right now, that seems to be the, 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 the direction. I mean, most of the new articles written by scholars and universities say this, this Constitution needs to be amended quickly and radically. And they don't like the fact that it's so hard to amend it, right? That, that we have this Supreme Court of, uh, right now they're conservatives, and so they can't pass what's called progressive legislation. But the anti-federalists would not agree with today's anti-federalists, but the original. No, today's anti-federalists are different because uh, the today's anti-constitutionalists are and different. Okay, okay, and here's something quick. Let me give me give me a minute and a half. Okay, you got two choices if you're going to have uh, civilization. Okay, you're going to have rule of law. You're either you're going to have rule of law, or you're going to have rule of man. Okay, you have to have rule. You have to have order. If you have disorder, you have no civilization. You have Gaza. Okay, you have. Genghis Khan, Attila the Hunt. You have, you have no property rights. You have no marriage rights. You have no rights to, to you, you have, you can't, nothing's produced, nothing's traded, poverty, destruction, rape, darkness. Okay, that's disorder. If you're going to have order, which is what you have to have, you got two choices. Rule of law. What does that mean? Laws are written down. Everybody follows them equally. Rich, poor, black, white, male, female. You are treated equally under the law. Equal under the law. Under the law. The court system treats everybody equally, right? Okay, that's in the Constitution. That's in the Ten Commandments. That's in Leviticus. That's Western, Western civilization. Depends on this. The alternative to rule of law. And the laws aren't changed quickly because you can plan your life, your future, because you know what the laws are going to be. That's rule of law. The alternative to that is rule of man. That means you have a tyrant, a dictator, a so-called oligarchy, which would be four or five guys or whatever, that pass laws as they see fit. That would be Joseph Stalin, Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez, Pol Pot, Jung Jun-il, Mao Zedong, okay? Okay, uh, Adolf Hitler, Mussolini. That's rule of man. What do they do? They throw away the Constitution. The first thing they do is throw away the national constitution and replace it with, with their own laws. 
that are easily changed overnight. That's the rule of man. You wake up tomorrow, your house is gone. Okay? You wake up tomorrow, you're a slave. Okay? You wake up tomorrow, you're in a gulag. That's rule of man. Civilization depends on rule of law. The Constitution is rule of law. The tendency right now among our elites in our country is to move it towards rule of man. That's my opinion on this. Quicker changes, progresses, quicker progression for social justice. Right? Okay, thanks. That was more than a minute and a half. It was more than a minute. I'm About sorry. Two minutes. I counted it. It's 14 to 60. Yeah, two and a half minutes. Okay. So, so that's our dilemma. So I know we're talking something right. important here about the anti-federalists, but what the enemy's talking about is getting rid of all of this disorder. But, but it, yes, if the but then that's where the anti-federalists come in, I guess, because would it be harder or easier for the progressives to accomplish their goal if they didn't have a bill of rights? It'd be easier to. Find the loopholes. Yes, take would. advantage of the loopholes. Isn't that interesting? Without the Bill of Rights, without the the anti feds, mm-hmm. the Constitution would be easier. The loopholes because, would be more would be bigger, right? Because what do we do now? We point. We just point to the Second Amendment every time. You know, there's some if there's any firearm restrictions or whatever. Well, there wouldn't be a Second Amendment, right? Well, that's what I'm, that's that's what, well we we are able we are able to point to oh, law right, rule right. or letter of the law now and say Second Amendment. If that didn't exist, we can't. the The argument of well, it's not in the Constitution, so you can't do that would it's probably get thrown out no the window. Such thing. Yeah, exactly we, that would right. not hold up as well as being able to point to something written down You're saying exactly you cannot right. take this away from me. Yeah, right. Any any a, a conservative Judeo Christian should thank God for the Anti Federalists mm-hmm. because of those first ten amendments. Right, right. Because you could point at the one and say, "Hold on, I got freedom of speech." Right. Yeah. Jordan Peterson's having this problem. I don't have to call you by your preferred pronoun. So, you know, right? But in Canada, you do, because they don't have the First Amendment. But do you think, to make it more, a little more fundamental, because, okay, we have the Constitution and we have the Bill of Rights. We, are, we got both. Uh, but the Anti-Federalists still didn't get, the, the, you know, getting the Bill of Rights was kind of like a consolation prize for them. Right, because in their mind, they probably wanted to keep things more or less the same as they were. Right, maybe amend the articles a little bit, but right, they, they didn't said, want to create right. this no. strong central no. government that the Constitution created. Right. They said, "Hey, what's the emergency? Let's chill." Right, but so, they lost. Didn't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but do you think? Do you think then, with the combination of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, is that a better system than if we had? Cre- could it have survived? I guess could America have survived? It definitely wouldn't have been as we know it, but would have been able to. What would it have looked like if the articles had continued? I don't know. You know, because it, it kind of. You mean if they had had more? Were Were there more discussed? More. What I'm, I'm sorry, Bill of Rights. No, no. I'm saying no, is, the, the articles, articles of Confederation. Confederation sorry, yeah. Oh, without oh, our Constitution, with no Constitution, there was no con- Constitutional Convention. A loose Confederacy. We would have stayed a loose Confederacy. So. Nation yeah, States, you wonder what would have Europe. happened with things like the, the like slavery, because right. most of these anti-feds were anti-slavery, mm-hmm. and and if you have the articles, slavery might have been able to continue for a while longer. 
rather mm-hmm. than under the Constitution. Right, because then what, what, well, there's no incentive for Lincoln to invade the South right. and, and, and take out the, the Southern rebels. Right. If, if, they're in, if we're not, right. because that's just another country. Right. He wouldn't say a nation can't survive half slave and half free because, we, right. in a way, we didn't have a nation. We weren't re- right. If, it it was our, if it's the article. Yeah, that exactly. We would have been, we, we been Europe. Yeah. And I think and so, that's actually a good point because that's kind of how I think, see things going, right? Because I think Madison talked about in the Federalists, one of the reasons he was saying we need a constitution is to avoid the ills of Europe and that Europe right. had been bogged down in war for centuries. They fought each other like crazy. So do you think that eventually in the articles, states probably would have just fought each other. It's possible that these men were terrified that these states would be almost like different countries. Yeah. Especially with this overriding problem of slavery. And if each, each state has its own unchecked militia, no central military authority, what's them, what's there to stop a a more powerful state from just invading relief fighting for Virginia. Well, yeah, but couldn't, so yeah, exactly. Couldn't Virginia just go invade uh, Pennsylvania and take, or invade, invade Maryland. Yeah, and then just take take Maryland for themselves eventually. Yeah. So it, it seems like there is a there was a pretty big benefit to having a a unified right. nation, right? That allowed, which I mean, you look back. I mean, it seems to have, who know going forward is up to, up for debate. But at least the past two hundred fifty years have been a relatively successful experiment. Sure. But so it seems like the combination of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was probably well, the a Federalists great... and the Anti-Federalists, right? Yeah, which, I guess, they, right. Yeah, kind of right, a compromise. Right. It was pretty amazing that we had we had that. Yeah. First of all, the Federalists did such a wonderful job with the Federalist Papers. You have Madison mm-hmm. and Hamilton mostly, and Jay, you know, and they were able to get this all done. Even you know, with the help of people like Franklin at the Constitutional Convention, and then but the Anti-Federalists put the brakes on, yeah, and made sure we had the Bill of Rights, and right now. If you're a conservative, you're especially happy about those Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just people that are, you know, uh, 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 in the streets, you know, shouting down, shouting bad things about Israel that are claiming First Amendment rights. You know, right. the, first, the big thing about First Amendment rights is being able to to, 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 to say a different political philosophy than, the, than, than what is accepted. That's what the Bill of Rights really, I mean, the First Amendment's really protecting. Or to... Is your political language. Right. And, in that, and if that goes against the current regime, you won't be punished for that. That's right. Right. That, right. that seems to be more yeah. the historical I mean, context, right. right? I mean, to scream the F word or something, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's not what, the, that's not what that First Amendment, what's important about that First Amendment is that you have the right. Right. You can criticize. You, you bet. The people your, in power. Your president, your whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. it's really something we were the anti-federalists delegates to the Constitutional Convention. I think some of them were. Um, I don't have all the names, but there's guys yeah, like Elbridge. Right. Patrick Henry was one of them. Elbridge, but Patrick Henry was kind of pro-slavery. But Elbridge mm-hmm. Gary, um, I don't know. If, uh, yeah, Brutus. Uh, I forgot his name. Um, he was a New York delegate. Mm-hmm. Um, How many delegates per? Or state, state. Uh, I think it was population based. Oh, so almost representative, <laughs> like like yeah, like it was, a it was more like the more like the house, the house works, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. I'd be curious to see how they uh, right. We'd how have to read the Articles of Confederation to see 
how they apportioned um, you know, their delegates because because right. that was a always that was a contentious uh, argument or debate in the when they were debating the Constitution was how do they how do they appropriate uh, or distribute del- like um, representatives representation and that's where you got the compromise of a of a bicameral Congress with a House and a Senate right because I think they originally went in Madison went in with just. The Virginia no plan, right? The Virginia plan was right. no Senate. It was just a House right. of Representatives. Right, which gives the big states all the power. Right. Yeah. So then was right. that another anti-federalist? I don't know. I wonder who I don't the, know what their influence the was on that. But, you know, in a way it plan. is. In a way it is. I mean, in a way you could give all this credit to the anti-federalists <laughs> yeah. to really make the make Madison and Hamilton have to make these concessions, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to dividing the powers in this government that was created. Yeah. So, you know, and another... And so it's, you know, it's funny because I never thought I'd be on the side of the anti-feds until <laughs> reading for this, you know, but the, everything they said made sense to me. One thing was, hey, how can you guys go to an illegal convention, write up this document and then make up your own ratification process? Then you guys can just only nine states need to ratify it. Who the hell says only nine <laughs> states after? Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's they, a great they, point. I mean, uh, who, these guys were really onto something. So only nine out of thirteen had to ratify it, right? According so, to who? And eventually, all thirteen did ratify it, right? But what happens if Georgia was like, nah? Yeah, are they just out on their own. No, no, no they're, or, stuck. Or, or they're, they're stuck. They're stuck in right, the union. Nine. They're stuck in the union. They yeah. vote against it. Yeah, but all uh, then the rest, the twelve of them say, no, no, you're part of us. You got to be here. <laughs> it's really funny, isn't it? <laughs> that would have been a weird conundrum because that, right? that didn't happen. It didn't happen but, because I think they were wise enough to realize we've got to, we've got to, ju- we've got to rat, we've got to uh, change this constitution a bit and then join it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this. Hey, we got to all be tie our life rafts the, together. Yeah. To, to use that old, the, that the, old example. The pros outweigh the cons. The pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. Let's go. Let's figure this yeah. out. Because to be out on an island would have been right. a, a death sentence probably. Yeah. And then they're, then, yeah. Then England comes back and we're going to take back Georgia. Sure. Yeah. Right. And why would the rest of America defend you? Yeah. Mm. Well, that was an excellent Excellent. Uh, I hope it was lesson on anti-federalism, right? Yeah. You know, and it was kind of a rambling discussion of the Constitution, but you know, we're not experts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of questions still remaining. Conversation. Well, thank you, Mr. Saunders. Awesome having you back. That was a good one. That was good. I think it was, it was fun. All right. <coughs> I, I do think we one. should do a podcast on, on the disadvantages of our country. I, I mean, I like that conversation we were having before. Awesome. About... <laughs>